I'm a double. Blue steel. Mechanical electronic joy. Bumpuses. It's a Christmas story. Welcome to The Center Cut. I'm Michael. And I'm Dave. And today we're going to talk about a Christmas story. Because it's Christmas, you guys. We're recording on Christmas. That's how much we hate ourselves. That's also how much we love you. It's true. Before we dive in, Dave, what are we doing here? Yeah, so we watched the first 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes of A Christmas Story. We're going to uh, recap the beginning and end for you as, as we saw it, and then talk a little bit about the middle. And we have a special surprise for you, too, later. It's a little bit new this week. Uh, hopefully, It's my dick in a box. Ooh, what a present. Nope. That's, my, that's exactly what I wanted. How did you know? Years of research. So A Christmas Story came out in 1983 directed by Bob Clark of Porky's fame and based on a Gene Shepard book. It stars Peter Billingsley as Ralphie. It sports an 89 rating on Rotten Tomatoes and it must have been reviewed 30 years ago because seeing this for the first time in 2019, I don't I guess I get I don't get to enjoy it the same way that millions of others have throughout the years. Yeah, I would agree with that that there is a there's a lot of parts of this movie that I feel like were lost to time. Yes. So if you're following along at home, the second section of the movie to watch would start at one hour, 15 minutes and 52 seconds. But Dave, can you please recap the first section of the movie? We start in just a well, first of all, with a lot of opening credits, way more than you would expect to be at the beginning of a movie. I think it's something that happened in older movies that was kind of lost to time as well. Uh, is that like just extremely long intro credit sequence, but we, we open up to the quiet suburban area where Ralphie's house is narration begins and the kids are running down the street, presumably towards the city where we find them looking at Higby's, the store that sells the infamous Red Rider air rifle that Ralphie wants so, so bad. That intro sequence, though, in the city, there's just a lot of normal Christmas stuff, just the stuff that is always in these extra scenes in every Christmas movie. You know, a Santa ringing a bell next to a Salvation Army deposit box. <laughs> what are those called? <laughs> Donation boxes. Donation buckets? I don't Donation know. Donation buckets, yes. There it is. Donation buckets. We also have some carolers, some street food of some sort or another, but everyone's huddled around this Higby's window where they can look at all of the great, great stuff inside. This wouldn't have worked as well now. Like, what, are you going to have a kid with his nose pressed against a tablet scrolling through Amazon and YouTube videos? Yeah, I also found it crazy that these, like, kids that are like under 10 years old are just running through the city on their own it was that a gentler happen. kindler time back then a kindler time kindler. <laughs> you're right it was a gentler kindler time yep 
Yeah. But I, I was surprised by that to begin with. But there they are. They're looking in. I This is where we get our first little glimpse in the when they were writing the narration that was narrated by sounds like what is assumed to be adult Ralphie. The vocabulary that he uses is just bananas. Like I felt like they they wrote scenes and then were like the equivalent of uh, like using Word and writing an email and then right clicking duplicate words to look for synonyms. And it was just like a crazy vocabulary that he was using through the whole thing. I had a particular sentence that I really liked as they were all huddling around Higby's jostled in wonderment before a golden tinkling display of mechanical electronic joy. That's just crazy talk. Yeah. So Gene Shepard, the the author of the book that this is based on, does the narration. So like, I feel like some of this is just pulled directly from his book. You can have a good vocabulary, but you don't need to flex that every other word. Yeah. I also think that it, it lost translation into a movie because in a book, you're trying to describe what something looks like by using a bunch of descriptive words. But you don't need to list out a billion descriptive words to us when we're looking straight at the thing. But I digress. Did you notice Ralphie like mumbling to himself? It's I, either that or he just popped a molly and now he needs to hydrate. But no, his mouth is just moving a ton. I, I, I did. I noticed that. I was actually wondering what he was saying. I I would assume in the context of the movie, it was him reading the Red Rider paragraph that everyone needs to read when they're looking at the official Red Rider carbide action 200 shot range model air rifle. Wow, you got all that. Nice. Crushed it. <laughs> Which is why they need a paragraph to describe it because it's 800 words long just yes. to know the name of it. But I it did it it didn't look like that. I was trying to understand it. I I'm relatively good at reading lips, but I, I couldn't tell what he was saying. It felt like m- more to me that he was just saying, "Fuck, I just want that motherfucking thing so bad." <laughs> yep. They just told him to mumble something, and this little kid, they're like filming him as he's just. They're gonna cut the audio from it, so they don't need the audio. But he's just there, like, "Oh, fucking yeah, I want that, that damn gun. Oh, Give yeah. me that fucking gun. Oh my god, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna fucking do anything for that gun." Also, uh, just quickly skipped over the fact that his brother was basically making out with a glass, but we can Mm -hmm. talk about that later. But yeah, so so we cut to Ralphie and Randy waking up in their bedroom. They get called downstairs by their mother and roughhouse a little bit to see who gets to go to the dresser first. On his way downstairs, Ralphie stops in his parents' room and... First of all, their parents sleep in separate beds. I know that was a more popular thing in the past, but... Weird. Yeah, they seemed unhappy through the whole thing. I wonder if they're going through some going through some stuff. Uh, maybe Christmas brings them together. Maybe now they have a queen. Or maybe his dad is a queen. You never know. <laughs> he runs into his parents' room to put the ad for one of the air rifles into his mom's look magazine to subtly let her know that he wants one. Seemed to be most of the plot of the beginning here was him trying to subtly tell his parents and and insert in their brains that he wants this air rifle without being too obvious. And then we see Ralphie and Randy eating eating breakfast and hanging out at the table. And there's a little back and forth between uh, Ralphie and his dad about what uh, what Ralphie got his dad, what he wants for Christmas. Another one of those subtle hints that was added in was that Fritz, is it Fritz? I couldn't really tell. Was it Flicks? Fritz. I 
So I can't what? understand half of what he said. This kid is definitely drunk. Yeah, he's drunk through most of it. He's still high off the molly that he did before the window scene. We'll go with with flicks. All right, flicks it is. Flicks. So so he says flicks saw a grizzly bear down by the candy shop, which that was supposed to be his subtle hint that he needs a BB gun, but that's just ridiculous. They right. live in like a metropolitan area. Right, a bear at a candy shop. Like what is it, Winnie the Pooh? Yeah, <laughs> he, uh, he does another one of these subtle hints that goes goes terribly bad. His mom asks him what he wants for Christmas, and he makes the mistake of saying an official Red Ride or Carbine Action 200-shot range model air rifle. And then he regrets that decision and kind of backtracks and says, no, that's just what Flix is getting. I would like some Tinker Toys. Do you know what Tinker Toys are? Aren't they just like wooden Legos? Are they? That's what I thought. I didn't really research it, and I probably should have. I think it's just like a poor person version of Connects. Yep, you're absolutely right. Anyways, after after that little exchange that Ralphie has with his mom, he has a, a daydream scene where he is the, the hero saving his family from a group of bandits with his with his air rifle and is is decked in the most bedazzled, bejeweled cowboy outfit I've ever seen and saves his family. Now, one part of this that I was concerned about is he's shooting all the guys in the ass. That's the only primarily the only place that he shoots his gun is in people's ass. Really into butt shooting. He's really into ass shots and not not that kind of ass shots. So he shoots them all in the ass and they all fall and convulse on the ground uncontrollably. And then once the scene is over, it shows a, a pile of bandits all with X's across their eyes, dead. This kid just daydreamed killing five men. Yeah, and it's just like way too cartoony for my liking, personally. Yeah, you had like the the sped up, uh, they, they increased the time of the footage by like 1.25. So it's like just a little bit faster than it should be. All these guys are running around. They were all wearing the black and white striped shirts and... They have like drawn on five o'clock shadow. It's very, it's very like black and white old timey cartoon. Mm-hmm. Wasn't really my thing either, but uh, but I liked the all the killing. I guess I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so while they're at breakfast before the daydream, Ralphie's brother Randy, great name, Randy is eating breakfast. This kid doesn't say any words. He just grunts and makes weird noises most of the time we see his milk just tipped over into his toast and his he's got soggy milk toast he's just playing with his oatmeal and then his mom tells him to eat it and he just like presses it on his face it's so (laughs) weird so like when i got my first when i got a video camera when i was i was like a teen i was like 13 or 14 i made a video of myself just eating cream of wheat and instead of eating it i was i just rubbed it all over my face it was like early performance art but like it was just like the scene like what the hell is he actually doing this explains everything i know about your acting career (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i don't i don't know what he was doing he is presumably a professional unlike you and he's still just smearing stuff all over his face. I, I don't know what he what the what the attempt was there. He's also like not supposed to be that young. Like it seems like he should be like what six? Is my guess. Yeah, I think that's a fair I guess. I don't know child age. Well, actually, no. He's he's old enough to go to school because he walks with the bigger kids later. So he must be at least like seven. Truth, or eight, right? Yeah, you're right. 
So this eight-year-old can't eat oatmeal, which speaks a lot to the parenting of, of their, their parents here. <laughs> Ralphie's dad comes storming in, angry at the fact that his car won't start because of the cold. He hears the furnace make a noise and swears a bunch, runs down into the basement, starts messing around with the furnace with like these classic, not really swears, but just making a lot of grunts and and yelling, yelling random words like yeah. flound it and that kind of That's random. A I prefer yeah. Joe Pesci's Home Alone faux profanities personally. Agreed. That's just a better Christmas movie all around. So I am surprised because this is supposed to be a, a kid's movie rated PG. And the dad says bitch, which I get like you can get away with. And then one of the kids later says smart ass. But there was a decent amount of swearing. I don't know if that would get away in a current PG movie. I feel like it's okay. I think it would be if it was a G movie, a rated G movie, then okay. I, like G, you can't even say damn. It's like dang it. But like, <laughs> I feel like bitch and ass are kind of like those borderline profanities. Yeah, it's like these are just other words for animals. Yeah, just like a fuck dog. <laughs> That sounded way worse when it came out than I intended. (laughs) So as he's yelling profanities and trying to get the furnace figured out, Ralphie and Randy are getting ready just for school with their their mom getting bundled up to go out outside. Randy is getting dressed in the most ridiculous like 80s snow outfit I've ever seen. And Ralphie just looks like a normal kid. Randy starts crying because he can't put his arms down because he's in this giant suit and proceeds to cry the whole way to school, which is an entertaining audio experience to to have while you're watching this movie. Ralphie, on his way out, sees his friends Flix and Marv. They stop and uh, and chat for a second. The, uh, the whole idea of sticking your tongue to a metal pole, talking about how it, it will stick. Flix thinks that it won't. Marv thinks that it will. But uh, yeah, and then the, the 15 minutes cuts off when we get to school. Well, what about when his brother falls on the ground and can't get up? That was m- one of my favorite scenes. That's me every time I try to do a sit-up. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that. That sounds about right. Yeah, that was the first section of the movie. So I guess I guess it's my turn, huh? Yeah, it is your turn. Go. Do All it. All right. So the family is sitting around the tree, and it's gift opening time. Woo. Randy yeah, Randy gets a Zeppelin, the dad gets some car wax, and Ralphie gets a pink Donnie Darko costume. Wait, wait, wait. Do you want to play Santa? That's weird. Who does? Do families really do that? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, Ralphie's dad gets blue-balled and calls Ralphie a pink nightmare when he comes down in the bunny costume. It's, it's pretty pretty great. But his dad is the real MVP in the end and surprises Ralphie with his coveted red rider. He tries his gun out and wouldn't you know it, first shot and either the kickback or a rogue BB takes him down. Glasses a flutter and then he steps on them like a buffoon. Using the same vocab dictionary that the that the writer of this thing used. Suck my Christmas asshole. So Ralphie's... <laughs> a straight-up little bitch and cooks up a story about a fallen icicle and all is well. That is, until a pack of fucking wild dogs runs into the house and wrecks dinner, turkey, table, and all. It's awesome. 
Yeah, that was crazy. Never have I seen a a pack of dogs like that. And the fact that they just found their way into their house and destroyed the house was entertaining. And now a tricky scene to discuss. So the family makes their way to Chop Suey Palace. Instead of turkey, they get a full goose, head and all. And the waiters of Asian descent sing Christmas carols in stereotypically lowbrow R instead of L flimflam. Ralphie's family laughing all the way. Now, there are countless think pieces strewn about the internet written by eager hipsters too woke for their own good (laughs) about how this scene and movie are racist. Now, I, I don't claim to be colorblind. I think there are clear and certain differences between cultures and people with different levels of melanin and Instead of homogenizing the world, we have to realize it's okay to celebrate our differences all while lifting each other up. Just have a goddamn sense of humor. Like I don't hate black people. I don't hate white people, nor Latinos, or any other race. I hate people who can't fucking laugh at themselves. Would I be mad if a movie portrayed a super white dude eating wheat thins and not using seasoning while cooking and molesting their nephew? Fuck no. Or if they had an Italian guy shoveling cavatappi down his gullet and talking like Super Mario? Who gives a shit? Racism is like seeing an Indian guy and being like, you know what? I hate this guy just because he's Indian. I don't know anything about him, but fuck him. I hope he gets run over by a train full of dog shit. This movie doesn't hate Asians or think they're inferior. It just thinks they talk funny and eat weird ass foods. This scene isn't racist. It's culturally insensitive. And if you can't tell the difference, you are the problem. Sorry, Dave, for ranting. It's okay. I completely agree with you, and it's crazy that, that people would assume this to be racist. And it also drives me crazy when, when people can't just see the humor in those types of scenes. But when it really comes down to it, I'm just happy that I schedule what movies we do when and who does the recaps so that I could make you do that part instead of me. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> the movie closes with mom and dad chilling by the tree and Ralphie sleeping soundly smile and all with the gift he wanted all along his blue steel red rider and he's hugging it like a weirdo as his brother randy sleeps in his bed hugging a giant zeppelin (laughs) (laughs) yes and then we just get a scene of the house with snow for four minutes like i'd rather just have a black screen with the credits why do i have to see the house The better question is, why did they even need to do credits at the end? Because they did every credit in the beginning. (laughs) It's it's a great question. It ran from freaking second one all the way through three minutes and 33 seconds. We are seeing credits for pretty wild. Nearly four minutes. There were just credits in front of what was already happening as the story. Don't they realize that? People can't multitask. <laughs> I'm not reading names and listening to the narration and looking at things. <laughs> that can't all happen at once. Nope. <laughs> That's the recap. So here's the part where we're supposed to talk about what happened in the middle, right? Yeah. That's what happens now, right? Here's a new thing that we're doing. You may have seen it on the Twitter here, um, but we're asking for our listeners to get a little bit involved. Send us a question. Maybe you've seen the movie and have a scene that you want to to get discussed, even though it might not have been something we saw in the middle. Or maybe you watched the beginning and the end with us and saw something in particular that you wanted to know more about. So you can ask us a question through Twitter or through Facebook or just through emailing us. 
You can send us those questions and we'll talk about them and answer some of those with the information that we have from the beginning and the end and whatever we make up in the middle. So we have an example of that. We do. We have one question from our Twitter follower. Tell that to Jesus Christ, which I imagine should be said like, tell that to Jesus Christ. Like it has to be said in a Southern accent. Like a weird Christ. Yeah. Here's her or his question. Hey, guys, this movie is pretty notorious for a scene in which a child gets his tongue stuck to a metal pole. Who is the child? What has he done to bring him to this place in his life? Will he recover? Is he still there? Please feel free to answer any or all of these questions. And then he or she has the bunny hands symbol. Also known as a peace sign, but we can call it bunny hands. (laughs) Jesus. What? (laughs) Tell that to Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah, thank you, Jesus Christ. How topical for Christmas. So they're absolutely right. I I do know, and this movie is popular enough that we know that there are a few scenes that happened in the movie that we may have seen or may not have seen. And the the scene with a a kid getting their tongue stuck to a metal pole is definitely one of them. And that's a scene I I knew about. I didn't. I have no idea what he or she is talking about. Yeah, I might have seen it in a meme or who knows what, but I I feel like that I I knew that that was coming and we just didn't see it in our sections. But the first question as part of that is, is who is the child that gets their tongue stuck to a metal pole? And there's nothing that I can say that doesn't make me think Randy 110 million percent. That's what I that's what I think as well. He's like the punching bag and he doesn't talk like so there you go. He throws tongue to a pole and it doesn't really doesn't even affect his character. And there's no way it wasn't Randy. Right, because he wanted to impress the older boys. Also because he's not the smartest. I actually think it was probably Ralphie. And that's how he got the gun. Like his dad had to chop down the pole and pour water all over his tongue and he felt bad because his son's a fucking blockhead and he got him a gun. You think that his dad had to chop down a metal pole to get his tongue (laughs) unstuck from it? I don't know how those things work. I've never had my tongue stuck to a pole. No, he probably just poured the water that he was getting to heat up the car. He actually used that water and he poured it on Ralphie's tongue. Now we're talking. There's some continuity. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, He kept it in the car because he was going to need it later when his car wouldn't start Mm -hmm. again when he was leaving work. There you go. So so that would answer the uh, one of the other questions here is, is he still there? Well, no, because we no, see Ralphie at the end of the movie. Possibly. But yeah, Randy and Ralphie. So there's no way that he's, yeah, it's, he's gone. It's a quick fix. It could have been a long process, and I would imagine it was. But in the scope of our viewing pleasure, he is not still there. Correct. Will he recover? Maybe never. Yeah. So if it was Ralphie, maybe it's somehow improved his sloppy speech like maybe that's what it was he just his tongue was too long and now that he lost a piece of his tongue he can actually talk like a normal person yeah that's a that's a good point yeah it seems like he's doing less crazy rambling like he did in the first part of the movie there he also isn't talking about grizzly bears so maybe maybe this helped his his place and and maybe like you said maybe it helped his argument with his family you know Get me get me this air rifle because I've had to deal with some shit. Yeah. Have you heard my speech impediment and seen my face? I will be bullied. There will be blood. Have you met my brother? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really hating on Randy. He deserves it. 
So the the last question in here, just to, to make sure we cover everything, was what has he done to bring him to this place in his life? So we know that that Fricks and Marv were talking about. <laughs> Is it Fricks or Flicks? Flicks. Or Flicks. Okay. Fricks. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Fricky Flicks is talking about sticking his tongue to, to a pole or sticking a tongue to a pole and what would happen. So you'd assume that part of that conversation was what led to this. It actually could have been pretty soon after the section that we saw, um, just to kind of follow along with the continuity of the movie there. But what particularly has Ralphie done in his life to bring him to this point? So if it was Ralphie and not Randy, I feel like he's also just trying to impress his friends. Like, why else would you lick a pole? But I guess also, why would licking a pole impress your friends? Well, I mean, I once had a kid in high school who got paid a dollar to eat a live moth. And that was in high school. And it was a dollar. So there's that. So you think he got paid to do it? Maybe, maybe they were, maybe they were shelling out. Maybe it was like one of those things where it's like, there's a bunch of, bunch of kids huddled around him and they're like throwing, throwing money in, or there's, there's some guy who's collecting money as a bet of whether or not Ralphie's tongue will stick to the pole. And as they walk around to collect all the money, Ralphie's going to get, get a cut from them if he, if he does it and he, he goes ahead and and does it as they collect and to see if he's going to get his tongue stuck to a pole. And it's really intense. That sounds like a strip club. You no, we talked about a that a few club. weeks ago. Also, fun fact, I, I learned this a few days ago listening to a, a radio station, actually, who's just talking about this, this movie and talking about how they got in this scene, which I've never seen, his tongue to stick to the pole as, as long and as hard as it did. They didn't actually stick a kid's Wait, tongue so who, to the pole. Who did they say his face was stuck to the pole? I don't know. They oh, didn't okay. say a person. Um, oh, okay. They were just talking about the the movie magic. The pole actually had a hole drilled in it, and they had a vacuum attached to the bottom, and they were just sucking in so that the kid's tongue stuck to the pole. <laughs> That's so much weirder than just having him stick his tongue to the pole. Yeah. It sounds like it could cause some permanent damage, if I had to guess. <laughs> but you never know. Now, now he has a, a black spot on his tongue from that time that he was in a movie. Yeah, so that was our first question, and we thank Tell That to Jesus Christ for sending that in. We appreciate you sending that in, and and we'll hope we'll see some more questions from some more of our listeners in the future. Yeah, you motherfuckers. So, unfortunately, I don't I don't think there's a lot to decipher here. Like, kid wants a gun, kid gets mm-hmm. a gun. Regardless mm-hmm. of what happened in between, all the important pieces are already in place. And the protagonist doesn't even have a say. He's a helpless child. His goal just hinges on whether or not his parents buy him the damn thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, w- all we know happens in the middle of the movie is he just does a bunch of stuff, presumably bad stuff, yet he still gets rewarded anyway. Like, I don't picture him doing, like, he's not, like, going to donate to a charity and fucking building birdhouses. Like, he's probably doing bad things, like sticking his tongue to things. And so I know that, I guess, one piece of canon for me... I don't I, I don't know how it relates, but I do know that there's that stupid leg lamp, the fragile lamp. So like does he break that or does he is it a good deed and he actually gives it to his mom? Like, hey mom, like we should kick it more. Have this leg. I don't do you how the hell does it relate to anything? Yeah, that's a great question. So I actually don't know as much about this scene than it sounds like you know. Can you give me a recap of the things that you know about it? I know that there's a lamp shaped yes. like a big made leg. 
Okay. That's it. That's all I know. I don't know anything else. I just know that all it's right. in there. So like my parents, it. yeah, my parents do, they go to flea markets and sell shit. And they, my dad had bought one of these big ass lamp, leg lamps just to resell it. Yeah. And yeah. so we had it at the, the flea market and it's out in the middle of like fucking East fuckville so there were so many white trash hillbillies coming by i'm like you'll shoot your eye out <laughs> so eventually a family of hillbillies ended up buying it so that's all i know about it that it exists from that movie that's my favorite town fuckville we don't see it at all in either the beginning or the end my guess would be that it was a, a christmas present or something along those lines i mean obviously that makes sense with the flow of the rest of the movie but would they get in trouble for opening their presents early i think it gets broken Okay. And that's why we don't see it. Gotcha. So you think, yeah, because if it was going to be a pivotal part of the movie, you think they would they would show kind of like, where's the lamp now at the end? And we didn't see it. Yeah. So we're assuming that it was something that existed and got broken. How do you think it got broken? Well, normally I would have said he shot it with a gun, but that but obviously... Right. So, well, here here's the thing. Was it definitely Ralphie? Or could it have been Randy? Because Randy just came in from his outside adventure in his snowsuit, couldn't move, twirling around like a helicopter, fucking hit it with his arms that couldn't bend properly. Oh, man. That's a good idea. And you know how much I hate Randy. <laughs> Let's pin this on Randy. Yes. Coming in like a bull in a china shop, just swinging, swinging his little, little fat snowman arms around. Just friggin' taking stuff out all over the place. He knocks over the Christmas tree. He knocks over a regular lamp. He knocks over the leg lamp. He punches his mom right in the face. She gets a black eye for most of the middle of the movie. It finally goes away before the end portion. He punted the family cat. It died. It was in the movie. It's dead now. That's why we didn't see it in the end. That I mean, he just went to town and that whole middle section is actually them in the hospital with the mom who has a black eye and a bloody nose from getting punched by her little kid because he couldn't put his arms down because she put him in there. It was really her fault all along. And then we cut back and Ralphie is just like, what am I going to do now? How am I going to get my gun? Mom hates us all because Randy's a little douche. What is going on? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. It's something that I want to talk about a little bit is is I know that in the beginning of the movie, uh, Ralphie is making some small little hints to his parents about how uh, about the, the air rifle. What other ways could he have maybe given them subtle clues, subtle, uh, subtle hints uh, as to that the air rifle and, and the, the details about it? What do you think? So. As evidenced by the separate beds, mom and dad are in the process of separating. Mm -hmm. We've seen dad's temper. Mom, yeah. I need this gun to protect you. Ooh, that's it's not really subtle. That's not subtle <laughs> at all, but it is it is great. See, I was thinking more along the lines of like we saw him put the advertisement in his mom's look magazine. A better scene would have been so after maybe after Ralphie punched his mom in the face. Or I'm sorry. Randy punches mom in, his, in the face. We see Ralphie run upstairs and put an ad. He he reaches underneath his dad's mattress, pulls out his Playboy, and throws throws an ad in there as well. What does his dad's Playboy have to do with his mom getting punched in the face? <laughs> I'm I was just see. looking for an excuse for the mom not to be in the house so Ralphie could access ah. said Playboy. He doesn't gotcha. want to. He doesn't want to call his dad out. His dad is the his best shot at getting this air rifle. We all know it. 
And then it turns out we were right because he was the only shot because mom thought still thinks that he'll shoot his eye out, but just deals with it. Uh, I think that they're, they're going to have some words after this about the fact that dad went behind mom's back. I mean, just yeah. more, more fuel to the, the separation fire, you know? Divorce for sure. How many times do you think we hear you'll shoot your eye out in this movie? Because we heard it at least four times in just 30 minute block of the movie. Yeah, I would imagine just like every every single time the rifles brought up, you're going to shoot your eye out. It just it's like a catchphrase for the air rifle. That's actually the slogan. Like just on the box, it's just <laughs> in funny cartoon letters. You'll shoot your eye out. You'll shoot your eye out. Buy this. You'll shoot your eye out. And then he did. Truth and advertising. We kind of talked about it, but we know that really the middle of the movie is Ralphie just doing kid things. And I imagine, again, that they're probably not good things. Like, it's just him getting into minor troubles. Yeah, Um, and the trip to the hospital. And the trip to the hospital with his mom, yes. Yep. Uh, His domestically abused mom. Mm -hmm. By his little brother. Yeah, it's still it's in the house, so it's still yeah. domestic. Yeah. And it's in the United States. So uh-huh. but it got me thinking, like, what are some other things that he did? Like, what are some other ways that he got into trouble? And then it kind of actually made me think of myself, like, what really bad things did I do? Or like what kind of trouble did I get into that would have been bad and put on the put me on the naughty list so I didn't get my gun? And I thought of two instances that would have made me not get the gun. What percentage uh, of those two instances are penis related? <laughs> Actually, both of them. Called it. 100%, 100%. Got it. So how did you know? How do you know so much about oh, me? Oh, I just know you. So the first thing, when I was, I feel like I was around 14 or 15. It was soon after I'd gotten my video camera. <laughs> I, love, I love where this is going already. So I was in, I was in downtown of a neighboring city with my cousin. And we're like, okay, what can we do that's fun? So we stole a squash from someone's house. They they had a garden in the front lawn. And I put the giant squash in my pants, like where my my penisal area would be. And penisal, penisal, yes. And I basically just like walked up and down the crosswalk, dry humping the air. I even got down on the ground and dry humped the air, like in on Main Street. And then McConaughey it. I did, and then nice. I did. It was just like McConaughey and Magic Mike, oh, and then an old it. lady called the cops, and I was wearing an orange shirt, so they picked me out right away. <laughs> poor. That's plan. why you don't wear orange shirts if you're going to do things with with squash. Poor, poor um, planning. Yep. So that was that was one thing that I definitely did not get a gun that Christmas, and the second thing would have put me on the naughty list. Um, I actually did get grounded. I don't know. It's a bullshit reason to get grounded, but the long long story short. There was some segment on, I think it was like Jenny Jones or like Maury Povich or some shit back. This was way back (laughs) where there was this dude who like went on the show and talked about how he used to stick phallic things in his butthole. This was before like being gay was cool. And (laughs) so me and my brother and some neighborhood kids, we decided to make a song based on that episode and we recorded it. And the chorus of the song was... I stick cucumbers and hammer handles up my butt. And then the chorus of p- kids in the background say, up his butt. And then it would be, I ram them and jam them and jam them and ram them up my butt. Up his butt. And my parents 
heard the song and I was grounded and what but again that's a bullshit reason to get grounded like I didn't make up the fucking thing this guy on TV said that he did this thing wow and I wouldn't have got a gun that Christmas either I am for our listeners hoping and praying that that song still exists for some Christmas miracle that song exists and you could put it at the end of the show this week if it doesn't I understand but man, I would, I would just I would, love for that to happen. I probably have the cassette some, somewhere, so I will do my damnedest. Oh man, that would just be great for everyone involved. A, a Christmas miracle for everyone. So, Dave, what bad thing did you do? And did mm-hmm. it involve a penis? Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of like normal kid stuff. I guess not normal kid stuff, normal boy stuff semi-penis related just the the classic like i just destroyed our old compact computers like my grandmother would be trying to trying to play some games and it's like porn would pop up and she'd be like oh oh no it was just classic stuff like that definitely wouldn't have gotten air rifles that that year other than that i was a i was a pretty great kid wait so did you watch the porn on the computer and then it popped up on her or like what i'm confused how no you... my computer just magically decided to start uh, start appearing porn on the computer okay yeah it's weird i it, we just got it like that it, see back <laughs> back in the 90s <laughs> back in the 90s early 2000s computers just came standard with porn yep and they just they were on there for you because there wasn't i mean accessing the internet was hard they wanted people to have easy access to it so it just came with it already and it could just surprisingly pop up at any time it was a great it was a great time to be alive merry christmas merry christmas i don't remember most of my childhood i was also in a just a molly days for most of it dave what's your favorite christmas song i believe in father christmas by greg lake i have no idea what the fuck that is you just made that up no, That's I didn't. So song. Greg Lake was a member of Emerson, Lake and Palmer, kind of an alternative rock band. But interestingly enough, I was talking about this with my wife last night. And my wife's favorite Christmas song is Dominic the Donkey. I had never heard that song until like four years ago. It's really weird. It's just the craziest song that exists. It's about a donkey that helps out Santa because his reindeer can't navigate the hills of italy which is bananas because they can fly duh that's all i got about dominic the donkey <laughs> i like that song that goes pa-rum-pum-pum-pum little drummer boy is that is that i that don't one? know i don't know what it is i just that's the I part i like about it that's a noise drums make yeah that one's cool oh. i also like santa claus is coming to town by the jackson five Ooh. uh because I just like baby Michael Jackson. That's it. I just <laughs> good story about baby Michael Jackson. Well, there's a line in the song that I never understood, and I've Googled it so many times, and every time I forget. But there's a line in the song. It's like little toy drums and poo 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 poo, and I don't know what he's saying every time. <laughs> I still forget. It's like it's little toy. Do- I think it's something like there's little toy dolls that tootle and coo. Like what the fuck is tootle and coo mean? Yeah, that makes no sense at all. I also like just the whole slew of buble. See, I don't. Oh, you don't like the buble, huh? Uh, no, I don't like. I don't like any newer Christmas songs, and there aren't really many of them. Like even songs that come out now, they're just like covers of older Christmas songs. It's kind of a weird genre of music. The last new Christmas song to come out was in like nineteen ninety fucking three with Mariah Carey. Like, mm-hmm. wh- what can you name any other new first time like, top song? 
first time since it came out. Thank you for that fact. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just... Okay, actually, I, did, I thought of one Christmas song that I like that's post-1993. Okay. And it's funny enough, it's actually called You'll Shoot Your Eye Out, but Yule is spelled like a Yule time log. Yeah. Like, Fall Out Boy is who does that. But yeah. So I got nothing else. I mean, let's go enjoy Christmas. I still have to open my gifts. So that is our recap of A Christmas Story. We hope you all liked it. We hope you all have a wonderful holiday. This is our present to you. Just all of those great stories about penises because we can't go one episode without talking about them. And Randy, I want to apologize to Randy. I'm sorry. I mistreated you this episode, but you're still an idiot. First of all, my name is Michael, and you can find us on <sighs> Facebook and or Twitter, the Center Cut Cast on Facebook and the Center Cut on Twitter. Please follow us. Send us questions. We want to involve you. And you can also send us questions at thecentercutcast at gmail.com. Wonderful. I appreciate that, Michael. Thank you so much. It's a Christmas miracle. It is a Christmas miracle. So next movie we're going to do, brace yourselves. We're starting now, the year off with a bang. Yeah, we're entering the new year. We've gotten through the holidays. We don't we can we can let our hair down, <laughs> let our let our mullets fly in the wind. It's we're going to the party end instead of the business end. We are going to do the human centipede. So get prepared for a wet and wild episode. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. However you prepare for, for such thing. Obviously, again, it's one of those movies like where we kind of know what it's about, but we haven't actually seen it. So we're, we're ready to tackle it. It's going to be a great time. And if you follow us on Twitter, we will tell you the time for the second half of the movie. That way you can prepare ahead of time. And most importantly, subscribe. Follow la 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 la. Subscribe, please. If you add follow la 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 to anything, it turns it into a Christmas carol. So I just subscribe to Christmas carol. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know either. <laughs> like the and between the R and the Y, it's always better in the center. 